but I told the guy that was doing my my judging, I said, this is my third try at this. And he said, okay, I'll, I'll help. Like, I'll let you know where you're at time wise, sort of. He didn't tell me time, but so I ran the first three laps and he said, you're right on pace. I ran the next three laps. You're right on pace, whatever. So I get to lap 13 and I'm like feeling like I'm going to throw up. I'm (laughs) pretty well, like I'm gassed. And he said the same thing you did, which was sprint these last two laps. And the all, I mean, I just did. I shut my brain off and I just went for Everything it. Everything you have. And I crossed the finish line and I'm on the ground. Like, I can't barely talk. And I was like, did I, did I beat it? <laughs> Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford. Connor Edelbrock and Corey Mueller. Welcome to episode 84 of the Weekly Warrior. I'm here today with Corey. Hi. We're hi. <laughs> and Annie. And Annie. Yeah, Annie's yes. here too. Annie is here. We're gonna we're gonna talk about what I'm calling a very long, grueling emotional experience mm. an emotional roller coaster if you will yes i um, will yes so we're going to we're going to dive into that but uh what you, what you drinking over there um i'm having some eagle rare from the big bottle yeah, the big bottle from the big boy yeah how big is that bottle it's 1.75 liters it's big it's a it's a half gallon it it broke the rule of <laughs> it does not fit into the whiskey cabinet. To be fair, though, there was still room in the whiskey cabinet, but I would have had to remove a shelf to have it fit. So it sits on top of the whiskey cabinet. We had a deal. We had a deal. We made a deal of you can buy more whiskey, but it has to all fit in this cabinet, mm-hmm. in this whiskey cabinet. Yep. Right after we made that agreement it was probably like the next the day. next day <laughs> the next day you brought home this bottle that doesn't fit in the cabinet and it sits on top it was of the, the only size they had and i wanted it <laughs> so you, you had to buy it yeah <laughs> yes yeah but i would have bought a normal size one they didn't have one so it's not your fault no yeah no. i was a victim of circumstance yes yeah victim so. victim status but it was a it was a good it was a good buy yes yes it was yeah well i'm drinking water yeah. Yeah. That's good for you. Yeah. <laughs> no fun drinks for me tonight. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to start talking about this fitness test that you had to take for work called MCOLS. Yeah. Can you just give us a general overview of what MCOLS is? Yeah. So MCOLS stands for Michigan Commission on Law Enforcement Standards. And so they, this committee determined that this was the best way to determine if someone was physically fit enough to make it through the academy. Mm-hmm. So it was basically like, we don't want someone to die in the academy or waste our time. This with is someone. the police academy. Yeah, police academy. And so we're going to make them pass this fitness test, which is 
for guys under 30. So my standards, it was 30 push-ups in a minute, 32 sit-ups in a minute, um, a half-mile shuttle run, which was 15 laps in 4 minutes and 29.6 seconds, and a 17-and-a-half-inch vertical jump. The standards are different for men and women, and then they also vary for, like, different ages. So as soon as you hit 30, the standards start to go down a little bit. So those were the standards, though. Okay. So you were hired in. Give us give us a big-picture timeline of you were hired in as a park ranger. Ah, okay. And then they told you... In order to become fully commissioned, you have to pass this test. Yeah, so I started working with the Department of Natural Resources in June of 2020, last year, and with the whole intention of becoming a park ranger. And so I started off, uh, they call it a short-term worker or an STW. And so I started doing that, and I found out that if and when I had the opportunity to to accept a park ranger position, I was going to have to pass this fitness test because part of our job is law enforcement within the park. So we go to the academy for eight weeks and we have to pass this test. And so I found out I was going to have to pass it. And training began in like mid-July, really. Like that was when we kind of started training for it. Mm-hmm. Um, how long did they give you to, how many, how long did they give you? They said, okay, Corey, you have to pass this test by this date. Once you get hired in, it's 90 days. Okay. Yeah. So, so and yeah, actually as of days. December 1st, they decided the, the DNR decided that park rangers didn't have to pass the M coals anymore, mostly because they were having a hard time keeping solid hires so like me for example they hire me and then i can't pass the m coals so technically that they they fire you they lose you as an employee yeah because you don't pass the m coals that's a condition of your employment and so on december 1st they made it that park rangers no longer have to but i still had to because i was hired in previous to that didn't apply to you i was the last park ranger in the state of michigan that had to pass m (laughs) coals yeah so yeah it's because the universe wanted you to go through this process. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So when you when you were hired and told, okay, there's this physical fitness you, test you need to pass. This is what it looks like. Yep. What was your initial thought before training started? Uh, so none of those things are in my wheelhouse. <laughs> um, I mean, it took me... I was 22 years old before I could do an actual like real push up, and I wasn't good at them. It was all body weight movement, running, which is not my forte. Uh, I always, I was good at lifting weights. So that's what I worked on most because that was in my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. So none of these things were anything that I was good at. And I was nervous because it just, I knew it was going to be hard. Yeah, it's all the test. The test is really hard. It's all high volume, body weight, muscular endurance. And it's not just running. It's running fast. 
It's yeah. sprinting. Yep, they're pretty much sprints. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And it's a back and forth shuttle run. Yep. Yeah. So let's talk about training starts. Yep. And did you do a baseline right away? Yeah, so we went to there's a little football field by where we were where we lived in Reed City, Michigan and ran a baseline test. This was before we started doing any type of big large amounts of training and I did 12 push-ups, 17 sit-ups. It took me like 6 minutes to run the half mile and I don't exactly remember where the jump was at, but it wasn't high enough. Mm, <laughs> yes. So uh, it was not good, basically. Yeah, what thoughts went through your mind after testing it for the first time and seeing those scores? Um, I was afraid and doubtful, um, a lot of anxiety, and just kind of a lot of thoughts, which it was kind of uh, an avalanche landslide, whatever you want to call it. Mm with especially anxiety because I found out that I had to pass this if I wanted the job. And so I started to like binge eat mm -hmm. really, really bad. And this went back to like when I was in middle school and elementary school, when they make you do those tests where it's like the pull-up test and the push-up test and how fast can you run a mile? And I was in, I was always last in all mm. of those things and like couldn't do them. And so I had a lot of like anxiety that drove to that drove me to binge eat and like sort of cower from the test a little bit mm -hmm. because it was that was safe. Like failing with that felt safe because that was all I knew. Mm. And so a big part of moving forward with the whole process was getting to know the part of me that was afraid and um, scared of failure, but was also okay with it because that's what was comfortable and there was no risk because that's what we were used to. So getting to know that part of me through mo like therapy, going to see my therapist was a tough, that was really, really tough to, to deal with that. But we, we hit it hard for a few weeks and made a lot of progress. And after that, it training became a lot easier and um, everything, it felt easier. It didn't become easier. <laughs> yeah. So. I wanted to ask you about training because you said before, I, I was good at strength. So that's what I trained. You lean into what you're good at. Yeah. And you kind of shy away the things that you don't enjoy or the yeah. things that you're bad at. Yeah. So what was that like showing up every day and training your weaknesses? It really sucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you, I mean, you were there most of the time. It was hard. It made me upset. My attitude was generally like, screw this. I suck at this. I'm never going to get there. And it was a lot of constant, like, battling my own thoughts and it was hard. It was really hard. And you started, I can imagine 
testing your baseline before training has started and seeing how far you have to go and all of the all of those doubts that your inner critic mm-hmm. is telling you of you're never going to get there. Yeah. Your job depends on this and you're you're going to get fired. Mhm. Well, at that point, I mean, I hadn't even I hadn't had an interview or anything. It was more just it so it kind of felt far away. Mm-hmm. Um it was like, "Oh, well, I have a year or two to like figure this out or whatever." And so future Corey will have this locked yeah, down. Yeah, <laughs> right. The uh the anxiety didn't go away with that thought, but like that's how I justified the struggle of like, okay, I have I have another year or two maybe to to get this stuff squared away. And so like I said, it didn't help the anxiety, but it it helped kind of push me through each day, I guess. Mm-hmm. It also made me a little bit complacent, to be honest. The like early months, July, August, and then early September were like I was training, but it felt far away and it felt like yeah. not something that was an emergency or th- that I needed to do. So the training was kind of half-assed. Yeah, that makes sense. I always have been told that creating goals three months from now yeah. is helpful because three months is short enough where it does make it a little bit more urgent, but long enough <clears throat> in that it feels realistic. Well, once hit. I got hired, it was three months. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got hired, you had three months. Yep. And you yeah. were you were allowed to take the test one, <coughs> once a month? I could take it as many times as I wanted. Okay. Yeah. But you ended up taking it so once, I, once a month? I got, I got the job offer and accepted it on September 22nd. Mm-hmm. And then took my first test on November 7th. And... Um, that was the first one, which I failed and, uh, pretty much everything that could have gone wrong for that one did. I didn't pass anything except the sit-ups and, um, I was sick going into it. Yeah, that's right. So, um, the cards were stacked against me and I did not perform well at all. (laughs) Yeah. What was it like to finish the first test? Initially, what was the initial reaction when you finished? Um, I went into the locker room at the the testing facility and I sat there and I cried. Yeah. And then I came out to the car and I cried more. <laughs> I, cry, I cried with you. Yeah. And then like we drove home and I cried more. Um, it was really not a fun experience that really hurt. It really sucked because... I kind of knew I wasn't ready, but just f- the failure in general kind of sucked. Um, and so I had my couple hours and whatever and talked to my coach who at that time was Bones. Bones was programming for me and we were trying to figure it out. And so we developed some strategy and basically, I mean, the next day I was back to work. I started working again and then... It was back to training, so 
Yeah. Looking back on the first time you took the test and not passing any of it, this is going to sound like a strange question, but what was good about that experience? Well, I mean, it let me know where I stood. Um, My run was 30 seconds too slow. I missed the push-ups at that. By that point, I was able to get 25 push-ups in a minute. And my vertical jump was actually, I I take the only thing I passed was my, no, I passed my vertical jump and the sit-ups the Mm -hmm. first time around. Um, and so it felt good to have some sort of baseline, like, okay, I got half of it, but I mean, it doesn't matter. You pass or fail. It doesn't matter if you get part of it. So it was good. It was kind of, it was just good to know where I stood moving forward. It was like, okay, time to hammer pushups. Um, and running. <laughs> yeah. So, and you learned, you learned a lot about how they administer the test, what it's like to be in that atmosphere. Yeah. Cause it was way different. Like the, the way that they had me do push ups was different than I'd been training for. So I was used to having my feet spread out like, I don't know, a foot normal. You know, you don't, you, you never thought, I never thought that oh, I need to have my feet like right next to each Touching, other almost. And yeah. when you get there and this is the like mid Michigan police Academy. So it's the big police Academy in Michigan or in Lansing. And the woman who was the proctor is the like main fitness trainer for the Academy. So she was like, everything was on point. It had to be on point. And so, um, my pushups weren't good enough, but moving, I knew the standard, yeah. From from there, I knew the standard and I knew what they were looking for and I knew how it felt to to go through and experience, you know, the nervousness and the fatigue and because mm-hmm. you don't think you're going to experience fatigue with those body weight movements, but um the fatigue was real. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you had first test, this initial emotional blow you recouped, recovered from it pretty quickly, had a talk with your coach, and then got back to training the next day, knowing how to meet the standards and what you needed to work on. Yeah. It took about a week to actually recover. Like my body Mm. took a while to actually recover and I had a hard time training. I remember we were at the YMCA and I was trying to do push-ups and like I just didn't have it. So I had to take, I still went and trained, but I had to take like a week and pull back. Which is hard to do. Which like, I didn't feel like I had time to do that. Yeah. So we were just hammering magnesium and like all of the things to help recover. Yeah. Um, Because my next test, I had already scheduled it. I scheduled it like the same day that I failed the other one and I had it scheduled for like November or December 12th. So it was about a month Mm -hmm. until the next one. Um, so there wasn't, I didn't feel like there was time to waste. Yeah. So it was hard to give yourself the grace to recover and to give yourself permission to recover in order to train harder. Yeah. 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 So what was the second test like? The second test was in the same place with the same people and I knew more what to expect and I felt real, I felt ready for it. I... Didn't feel super confident, but I was like, okay, I'm the most ready. Obviously, I'm the most ready I'm going to be going into this. Mm -hmm. 
training had been feeling good and I felt like I was making a lot of progress and all this stuff. So I felt good going into it. Um, and obviously that one didn't turn out well either. <laughs> yeah, what was the outcome of the second test? Uh, I actually, so the only one I passed going into the second test or coming out of the second test was the push-ups. I failed the sit-ups, I failed the jump, and I failed the run. So in the second test, I only passed one out of four, um, which was worse than the first one. But I passed the push-ups part, which was the hardest part for me at the time. Mm-hmm. So I I sort of convinced myself that it was okay because I passed total three out of the four with two of the tests behind me. But it's still, I think the the emotional blow was worse the second time. Um, it was really hard. I remember even like the next day, I still was feeling the emotional fatigue. Like I didn't want to, I didn't, I just had no desire to continue anymore. And it, I just was so sad. And the problem was, I knew like, at that point, it's and Bones and I had said, or he had told me, he said, "You don't have to do this. Like, mm-hmm. there's no one telling you that you have to do this, and but what do you want to do?" And it was like, "I I need to do this. I want to do this because this is the career that I want to pursue, mm-hmm. and without this, then I can't do it." And so it, it it took a little while to get over it, but I did get over it. And felt like I had, we had a much better direction moving forward. Um, and it didn't hurt that my, like, because I'm seasonal. I My last day was December 12th. So it became full-on training. Like, training was my job. Recovery was my job. Like, all that, all that stuff um, was the most important thing. So... Yeah, I just remember driving you to those tests and waiting. And then when those first two tests didn't go go your way and just feeling your emotional pain. And I just didn't know. I had no idea what to say. <laughs> yeah. How, I wanted you to just have time to feel whatever you were feeling. Yeah. And it was, but it was really challenging to know how to comfort you, how to encourage you in those moments. Yeah. I think I felt like I didn't need comfort. Yeah. Which that was a good thing that you did, which was kind of leave me alone because something that I needed from you. And we talked about this is like, I don't want this to be okay. I don't want to be comforted, comforted, whatever. I don't want to be made comfortable because I failed. I need to keep pushing. And so I didn't, what I didn't need was, uh, the, the bat, the word that comes to my head is coddled. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't need that. I didn't need to be like, oh, it's okay. Like we'll get them next time. Right. It was more like, this is what's in front of you. It's like, it's time to put up or shut up type thing. Yeah. You, you either let, you either let these feelings of defeat destroy you and 
become this barrier that you can't overcome yeah. or you use it to fuel your fire. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, after that second test, we went down to Tennessee and I had some time to like be with family, have the holidays, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we, we were there for two weeks and honestly, like not much training got done. I did push-ups and I was bit. doing push-ups and sit-ups yeah. and we ran some in Tennessee. We were running hills, which was good. Um, but when we came back is really like, I felt like we turned a corner. I turned a corner uh, when we came back from Tennessee. Yeah. What was that leading into that next test? What did you feel shifted in your training? It was like a different level of intensity. I knew what was on the line now. And this was like, this, this felt like my last chance, um, to do it. And we started 75 hard Mm. on January 4th, which that was for me, that was like the mental push that I needed on top of the physical push because working out twice a day and like drinking, you know, drinking the water and doing, you know, doing all the things. It, it was just like perfect timing to do 75 hard and the, like the intensity of the workouts, the, the intelligence of the programming with that, but like the workouts, the bones was programming mm-hmm. was like all, everything was just coming together in January. And, um, I, there, I mean, it was hard. We were, I was, we were training hard and like you were pushing me during training. So like if I slowed up on a, the run at the end, like I remember specifically one time you just got all over me about it. And I was like, she's you're, you're right. Because what I, am I going to slow up in the test? That's what'll happen if I do it in training. Yeah, you gotta train how you're gonna yeah. test. And that was really eye-opening for me because that just that level of accountability and it's like I think from your perspective, it was like I've watched you be just distraught and like I don't wanna see that again type thing. And um I get that level of accountability helped a lot. So like Jan- all of January, we were working out twice a day. We were we were testing the run more often. Well, we were running. I was running the actual test. Two well, you to were three. running a lot. I mean, I was running multiple times a, lot a week. More. Yeah, and it was intelligent running too. Mm-hmm. It was like the programming was amazing. Um, and so my next test, which was in February, like mm-hmm. it was, I think it was February fourth, mm-hmm. um, was in a different location, and. There was a lot more people, so there was like forty people instead of seven. And hold on, so leading leading up to this test, yep, you had proven to yourself that you can do sit ups, you can meet the sit up yeah. standard, yep. you can meet the jump standard, yep. you can meet the push up standard. Mm-hmm. What about the run? Yeah, the run. I think it was like mid January. Yeah. We ran a test run of the entire thing. And up to that point, I hadn't, I've I'd never passed the, the run time. I hadn't done it when we tried different ways to turn around the cones. Yeah. We try, I mean, whatever. 
And finally, it was like, okay, we're going to take a wide path around the cone. So it's more like a, a jog with a consistent speed instead of, you know, 30 sprints. Because a stop I, was, and start. Yeah. I was getting really gassed really, you know, fairly early on because it was just like straight sprinting instead of a jog, basically. Because um, I proved I could jog half a mile in four minutes and 29 seconds on a track. Mm-hmm. I knew I could do that. But this way they had it set up, which was the cones 88 feet apart, I hadn't done it. And I remember like doing it. The last two laps, I had to, you know, I think you told me, like, sprint these laps. Mm -hmm. And I finished it and, like, cried there on the floor when you told me that. (laughs) You did it. That I did it. And I beat, it was, like, by 0.6 seconds. It was very close. Yeah, like, it was, or it was a, it was, like, 427.6. So it was, like, a second off. And... uh, that was that was a big turning point because I was like, okay, I can I can do it, and now we know what the splits need to look like. And from then on, from then on, it was two weeks until the test. Every time we did a running workout, I knew exactly what my splits needed to be and working like where that tempo needed yeah, to be. You knew exactly what it was going to feel like, yeah. where it was going to start hurting. And we simulated like the running was always at the end of the workout when I was tired. Because that's what was happening during the test was my legs, it felt like I had lead sacks or sandbags tied to my ankles. Yeah. And I was trying to run and it was like, I just, it wasn't, it wasn't working because I built up all the lactic acid. So training that way was really helpful because I knew I was going to feel it no matter what. But understanding that, okay, we can push through it was really important. Yeah, that was a big that was a really big moment in training because it was the boost in confidence that you needed going into the next test because up until that point your body hadn't proven to you that you could yeah. pass the run. Yeah. So it's hard to go in to take a test when you're like, "Man, I've not I've yet to do this. I've yet to prove to myself that I can do this." Yeah. But now I passed everything else except that. Yeah. So now you're going into this test number three and you know, you know, you can pass all the tests. Yep. Yeah. It felt it felt different going into the third test for sure. I felt way more confident and I went in and warmed up really well. I was really in the zone and we go to do our vertical jump. And I just nailed it like two inches above where I needed to be. And like, I was like, okay, I can do this. And we went to go do sit-ups and I didn't know, they don't tell you how many you're doing. Yeah. So you just have to kind of guess, but it felt good. I like my, the back of my mind, I was like, maybe I didn't do enough, but I, I, I was rocking them out. Like the whole minute I was going push-ups the same way and I missed like four reps but I was like just nailing them and then the run came around and I felt my legs felt heavy and I was sort of starting to doubt myself but I was the first one to go of course I was the first one to go which was okay but I told the guy that was doing my my judging I said this is my third try at this and he said okay I'll I'll help, like, I'll let you know where you're at time-wise, sort of. He didn't tell me time, but 
So I ran the first three laps and he said, you're right on pace. I ran the next three laps. You're right on pace, whatever. So I get to lap 13 and I'm like feeling like I'm going to throw up. I'm (laughs) pretty well, like I'm gassed. And he said the same thing you did, which was sprint these last two laps. And the all, I mean, I just did. I shut my brain off and I just went for it. Everything you have. And... I cross the finish line and I'm on the ground. Like I can't barely talk. And I was like, did I, did I beat it? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. And I was like, no, he said one second. He said one second. Yeah. He said one second. And you're like, what is that? Mean? And I was like, what do you mean? One second. And he said, you got it. And I said, did I pass everything else? And he said, yes. And I like made a huge scene. I couldn't contain my emotions though. I like, I started, I just lost it. I started bawling. I ran out to the hallway and like, you knew I passed it because like. They were happy tears. They were happy tears. (laughs) And just thinking about it right now, like that was one of the happiest moments of my life for sure. Because it was just so much pain going into it. But yeah, it was great. It was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I remember I started bawling. (laughs) Yeah, and then the guy yelled at us to put our masks on. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 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 But it, I mean, that feeling was, I, I, I don't think I've ever had that feeling before. It, it was indescribable in the moment. And then when I went to go get my paperwork, I walk up to the table and this judge, <laughs> he's like, he's like, all right, so he didn't pass the pushups. And I was like, what? What? And he's like, yeah, are you going to redo them today? I was like, at first I was like shocked and then I was like, yeah, I'm going to redo them. And then he's like, I'm just kidding. You passed him. You were just too happy. And I was like, dude, you can't do that shit to me. (laughs) And this is like an official event. Like these guys are trainers at the police academy and whatever. And so, um, yeah. And then we left and, um, the ride home was, happy and not sad and (laughs) such a weight had lifted we were still doing 75 hard and so we hadn't we hadn't done an outside workout yet so like we stopped in midland and we walked yeah which like (laughs) it felt it felt harder because it was like i still have to do this like (laughs) yeah um, we just wanted to eat and go home and decompress yeah but yeah, it was like I, it was a feeling like I've never had, and it was I was so happy and proud of myself, and just everything was everything was awesome. Yeah, everything is awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So looking back, zooming out, being removed from it, and looking back on the emotional roller coaster and all the training. What what thoughts do you have as you reflect back on it? Well, it's it's interesting because at looking at my life and uh it's I I've not failed at much ever. When I have typically set my mind to something, I've either been able to earn it, or work for it, or to be honest like I've been given it mm-hmm. type thing, whether it's from a family or like whatever. Um, whether it's jobs or, you know, sports start like starting positions in sports. If I wanted it bad enough, I typically got it. 
Um, and so this was the first time that I experienced like true failure where it was not, well, you know, there was some, there was some good or whatever. Like it was just, it was failure. It was failure. And that's all it was. And there was a lot on the line. My career was on the line that like I sacrificed a lot for. I worked all summer in 2020, like making very little money and, whatever to get this position. And I got it. I worked my ass off to get it, but it was like, it was about, it felt like it was going to slip away. Um, because when I went, when I, if I would have gone back after my layoff and I hadn't passed it, they, I would have, they would have had to fire me. Um, and at that point, so it felt like a whole different level of pressure and, the failure hurt that much more because it wasn't anyone else's fault. It wasn't on anyone else. There was no reason I could be like, well, if such an, you know, whatever, it was me, it was me. And that was all there was to it. And all of these things were weaknesses for me that I had that like, it was forced upon me to, to do it. So, um, I guess to come back around to your question, it was an excellent experience because I experienced true failure and also like true success from that. And in a way that was like immeasurably exciting and thrilling and all and sad and all of, all of the emotions really. So, so you had this experience, this huge experience of growth and you know, you learned a lot about coming back from failure and not giving up. Yeah. yeah. Being really resilient. Does this change your mindset around other types of failures? Cause we experience failures all the time in different ways, but does it change your mindset moving forward? Yeah. I'm not nearly as afraid of failure now because a, the stakes aren't as high. Like, yeah, I can go and try try to learn something like my job that I'm like being a park ranger. I have to learn because it's not my background. The stuff that I have to do um, is all new. So like if I fail, it's okay because I'm gonna I'm going to learn. I'm going to figure it out. And so it definitely taught me that I am capable of doing whatever I want if I don't give up. And so and. If I can do that, anybody can, because I was by far, you know, uh, you know, at two, 276 pounds, I was probably heavier than the heaviest guy by 60 pounds at that, you know, at the test. And so I already felt out of place and I felt like I didn't belong there, but I passed and a lot of people failed. And, um, if I can do it, anybody can do it. (laughs) Yeah. Lesson, lesson learned. Yeah. 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 Anything else? Any other thoughts? No, not really. I, it's, that was a whirlwind of, of events and I kind of miss it. I kind of miss that. Like there was such a huge drive. Yeah. That training was so focused and intense so full of purpose, purpose like, every day, especially when I would like, okay, we're, we're going to do 200 push ups a day. And I was doing push ups like 
I was doing push-ups all day long, like every single yeah. day for a few weeks. But that was, I mean, that level of focus and intensity is hard to like bring yourself towards. Yeah, that's really interesting. Does that make you rethink how you want to approach training now or in the future? Well, yeah, I want it to feel like that. But now it's sort of back to the general idea of like, well, I want to be fit. I want to be more like useful fit. So I want to be able to do pull-ups. I want to still be able to do push-ups. I want to lose weight and run faster and be more explosive. But now there's not like a really concrete reason why. Um, I still have to go to the academy, which is a reason why. I can still fail out of the academy. But because of COVID, that feels really far away. Mm, it's sort yeah. of the same thing. Yeah. I think maybe once I had a date for the academy. It might change. It would, it would be like, let's, okay, we got to get our shit lit. Let's turn the <laughs> dial up again. Yeah, yeah. It's, as you're describing this, it's kind of nice to have seasons of fitness. Yeah. It like, is, it's super hard to maintain that level of discipline and dedication mm-hmm. and intensity of training. It was like a solid 45 days of just focus and driven intense workouts Yeah, where I'd been training, but like this was different training. This was yes. like, this was a whole different level and every day was like that. Yeah. So it almost seems like the pendulum needs to swing the other direction for a little for bit, for a little bit, you yeah. know, before it swings back so that it feels yeah. balanced. Cause that is really hard to maintain. Yeah. What you were doing for, I mean, you even said we, we left for two weeks for Christmas break and you needed two weeks of just time to recover and, you know, time away from the training zone that you were in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. But I miss, I I miss that intensity. That was a really fun play. Like it was hard, Mm -hmm. but it was like the amount of progress that was made was I mean, watching videos of myself do push-ups last summer and then knowing, you know what I mean? Like where I'm now at, like it's, it's great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How easy do push-ups feel right now? They still feel pretty easy. And my test was four months ago or three months ago. Yeah. You're, you've maintained a lot of that strength. I don't know if I, I don't know if I could do, I did 34 push-ups. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do 34 in a minute right now, but you could still do a lot. I can still do yeah. what I need to do. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. We sincerely appreciate you being here with us. And if you would consider sharing the Weekly Warrior with a friend or family member, that'd be pretty great too. If you haven't already done so, leave us a rating and a short review. Also, check out our Instagram page at Weekly Warrior Podcast for more warrior content. Thanks again for being here with us, and we hope you'll join us next week when we discover the warrior within. Mm-hmm.